Hi, I'm Dylan. I'm Sarah. I'm Derek. And we would like to welcome you to Planet Bob, where we talk about the movies and shows that made their way to our little corner of the galaxy this week. Okay, so uh, that was a movie. Yeah. We, uh, we, we just watched The Room with Rev, who is joining us. Hello. Are we still friends? Uh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Right. yeah. This, well, it would take way worse than this. Yeah, right. this doesn't spoil all the awesomeness that you've shown us before. Oh. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's because of you that we watch It's Always Sunny. This is... That, is, that does make up for a lot. Sort of yeah. awesome in its own horrible way. Yeah, it's special. It, uh, yeah, it's it unique. Is. I will give it this. It's unique. I've never seen anything like that before. No. <laughs> it's kind of what happens when someone has absolute control and no no idea what they're doing. And which doesn't usually get to happen in movies, right? Yeah. Somebody else is responsible for the money. So that's kind of cool in that sense. How did he get the money, though? That's unknown. Yeah. <laughs> what he says and doesn't make sense. Because didn't you guys say it was like a butt load of money? Six million dollars to make the room. Like, how do you just find six million dollars? From what I've heard, he tells people that he's he imported and sold leather coats. So, in the book, The Disaster Artist by Greg Sestero, who is one of the stars of the movie, um, and they tell all about the um, about the making of the room. Um, he talks about how they like he does at the end get shown. Tommy stores in San Francisco. He has all these storefronts, and like he does seem to have a legitimate business. But what that's built on is kind of still uh, in question. And apparently, he liquidated a lot of his a lot of his holdings to, to fund it. Yeah, I don't think that's worth it. No, you should have kept those businesses. Probably. <laughs> if you had six million dollars worth of business holdings, should have kept those. I don't think he's ever going to see that money from this movie again. Well, what is he doing now? I think he did. I think it's. A, I think he profited off it. Eventually. It's enough of a cult film. Yeah, because it's been like they air it all the time. <coughs> they have special showings, and like people like line up to see it. And yeah, I was reading that every year. Uh, Adult Swim plays it. That makes sense. Well, they did for three at least three years. Like they play it annually. I can't remember what the date was. Yeah, it's like, like Rocky... Master Shake would like this movie. Yeah, there's like a Rocky Horror like kind of like cult element to, to going to the theater and seeing this and like people like shout things at the same time and they all know like the routine of like throwing forks and spoons at the night because they keep showing them on the walls and, and stuff like yeah, that yeah they decorated people throw the... footballs at the screen people throw footballs yeah because yeah, of course yeah, yeah. and they, they count out loud certain things I can't remember what they are now but yeah the oh haze I'm pretty sure they yeah, count out loud yeah for sure oh hey Mark. yeah <laughs> Yeah, they walk in. They walk into a scene, say a line, and then see a character who's been there the whole time and say, "Hey." Oh, hey! <laughs> I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> that is definitely the best scene in the movie. It is. It's it's terrible, but it's yeah. it's great to watch. <laughs> As you were saying, literally took a day to film. Yeah, yeah, because he's such a bad actor. He can't. He can't memorize the lines that he wrote for his himself to read. Okay, pretty amazing. And he doesn't see when he does get the lines correct. He doesn't seem to know what he meant when he wrote them. The punctuation seems like it's all over the place. It's a Christopher Walken sort of thing, maybe. <laughs> Inflection changes, uh, but like a natural. Yeah, like, except uh, Christopher Walken is good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, yeah. he's just a natural talent <laughs> at it. Just uh, raw. Tommy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> talent. Uh. Hmm. Uh. That's weird because I wrote that he's the worst actor of all time. That's actually my first my first note on the movie after his first line delivery. He's just creepy and weird, and the whole movie is weird. I don't understand. Yeah, not 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 a Hollywood look. That's for sure. No, I heard that he filmed with two different cameras at one time. Yes, digital and um, what's the other analog? Does that make sense? Uh, I think thirty-five millimeter or something. Yeah. Because no one had done it before, so he was going to revolutionize movie making. Oh, I thought it. Oh, what I had read was that he didn't understand the difference. Oh, okay, that could be too. That that seems that makes more sense to me after watching the movie. <laughs> yeah, that he just doesn't just know. know. <laughs> yeah, I'll buy that. Well, it's like the cliches that he uses wrong. Yeah, love is love blind. Love is blind. Like what? And it has nothing to do with this. You can see her. You think she's attractive. Yeah. 
You're tearing me apart, Lisa! <laughs> you are tearing me apart, Lisa! <laughs> <laughs> I think it's maybe James Dean homage, but uh, doesn't really come off. No, it doesn't, uh, no. doesn't play. <laughs> well, and pulling in all these like movie tropes, like the mom with cancer, but it never gets discussed ever again. No, yeah. No. And she just and she just says it like we're supposed to know that she has cancer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, P.S. I went to the doctor and I totally have cancer, but it's yeah. gonna be fine. So like, don't worry about me and let's never discuss it again. By the <laughs> way, that cancer that cancer that everybody knows about it's definitely there. Yeah, yeah. It's just like a matter of fact thing. She just drops into a conversation. Well, it's yeah. sort of like passive aggressive too. Like, oh, no one listens to me. I'm dying. Yeah, I totally have cancer. <laughs> so maybe she is manipulative like this. Yeah, maybe she is. Like I that occurred to me for the first time and maybe she's just lying about that and trying to get sympathy. Because it doesn't she doesn't really manipulate Lisa, she just tells her what she thinks she should do. Yeah. It's not like you should do this or I'm gonna take this away from you. Right. Oh she does like, she coaches him in manipulating Johnny a little bit because she knows that he's having an she's having an affair. So that's I guess true. in that sense. But, I mean, there's a whole, I mean, the whole movie has this misogynistic subtext anyway, which is really creepy. And, Where uh, all the women are bad? Yeah. And, like, inevitably going to screw over men who are totally good and providers and uh, yeah, like when, do, when do during, it. awesome. During yeah. the whole affair, Mark has no no culpability for it. It's, it's all Lisa's fault. It's because she's a psychopath. Yeah. And extremely hot. Apparently. Uh, according to the script. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But every sex scene, we're just going to see dudes topless with butts. Yes. Uh, having butts. sex with ribs and <laughs> grunting. Yeah. Very appealingly. Yeah, it's all men sex sounds, which yeah. is weird. I'm not used to that. No. Well, and the dress thing. At the end? Yeah. When he humps the dress? Why does he hump the dress? I guess the dress it? is representative of his relationship. His passion. Yeah. I think. And then he has to destroy it before he destroys himself. Yeah. No. So no one on set knew that that was going to happen. And, that he was uh, going to hump the, the dress? No. And I think like the, tan, like the way the book describes him tearing apart the studio, like no one really knew that that was going to happen either. And so I think there's a lot of you know, shock and suppressed laughter. Maybe not even suppressed. I think it was like basically people were openly making fun of him. I think by the end of the movie. Yeah, I think I, re- I read something about how <clears throat> some of the like a lot of the crew were stifling laughter throughout the movie, and some of the some of the scenes they shot were useless because the cameraman was shaking the camera from laughing. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. So it's like they could only suppress it so much. <laughs> when you're when you're watching something this ridiculous unfold in front of you, it's, yeah. it's hard not to laugh. You can't keep a straight face. No. I know I couldn't. No. It's the movie's just baffling. Like what I'm not even sure what I just watched. Yeah. Well what what genre would you guys say it is? <sighs> drama? I I'd say it was shooting for drama. Yeah. But I think I I can't really pin it to any specific genre because I, I think I got exactly what it is. The soft core after school special. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Never been done before, so it really is an accomplishment. And what? But the the message of the movie is just that women are terrible. Yeah, and drugs are bad. That's true. Drugs yeah. are bad. They don't actually show that though. No one that does drugs has anything bad happen. Well, dude gets almost shot. But then nothing or happens something. with that. The drug dealer gets well, taken nothing in, happens with anything. The well, drug Mark, dealer gets taken to jail or something. Mark almost throws his friend off a roof. Well, yeah, because of the, the marijuanas. Yeah. <laughs> That's very realistic. And easily forgiven, apparently. Yeah. Just yeah. Uh, chill out. Chill out, Mark. Okay. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about your problem. The psychiatrist is totally cool with almost being thrown off the roof. Yeah. <laughs> Happens to him every day. It's not, that's not something you should like call the authorities over. Yeah. No. <laughs> My friend almost threw me off the roof. Don't talk to anybody about that. Does anyone, no one else even knows about that scene, eh? It's between them. Just a moment between friends. Kind of like how we never find out where Johnny learns that Lisa is telling people that he hit her. Right. Because she's only told her mother and her friend, but we haven't seen how Johnny finds that out. No. He just comes up on the roof and he's like, I didn't hit her. I didn't hit her. But we get no scene explaining how Maybe he learned that. Maybe he's listening to the tape early or did he 
have the tape then? I don't think that came. I don't think he started filming until after that point. Oh. So yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure where he'd learn that information, unless the mother is feeding him information. We just don't know. That's part of the manipulation, maybe, that we don't get to see. Yeah, that could be. She just really likes him a lot. Yeah, she. The mom should marry him. Really? Yeah. She likes him way more than Lisa does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's a good provider. Yeah. That's all, that sh- that's all that matters to her. Yeah. She takes a very pragmatic approach to marriage. It doesn't matter if you love him. It doesn't matter if you like him. It just matters that if, if he's nice to you and can take care of you for the rest of your life, which I think is an important message everyone should learn. Exactly. So people should watch this so movie So I need for that to leave alone. you. No, it's reversed in our case. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're the evil one. Yeah. I gotcha. Is that even surprising? Look at my eyebrows. That's true. You better not be like... Sleeping with my best friend and telling you me that you're pregnant even though you're not pregnant. What's that? And you have a goatee. That's true. Which is what all evil people have. Yeah. It is true. Except for Cartman. When Cartman comes through with the goatee, he's good. Oh, yeah. Because the original That's Cartman is bad. Evil Cartman exists in our universe. Yeah. Or the primary universe. South Park Prime. <laughs> okay, so when did you see this movie first? I saw it uh, just this year, earlier this year. Um, yeah, and. I was given the book shortly after, because that's part of the fun. I mean, like, seeing the movie's one thing, but then the making of it is the truly special story. Um, so uh, I'm really looking forward to when they make a movie out of, out of The Disaster Artist. That's awesome. Yes. James Franco's making it, and he's yeah. going to play Tommy, apparently. Yeah. James I know, Franco's uh, going to play Tommy. Yeah. Yes. I can kind of see it. Yeah. I don't know. I'm... Really excited for that. Joey Hill is in I know. I think he's playing like a direct, like the director who's kind of butting heads with Tommy. Who is? Uh, Jonah Hill. I think um, the one who says he actually directed Uh, the movie. Yes. Oh my god, the brother from Twenty One Jump Street. Yeah. Yeah. Channing Tatum. No, the brother. His actual brother. His brother. Other Franco. Oh, Dave Franco. Yeah, he's supposed to be involved. Channing Tatum is not Franco's brother. I didn't hear the beginning of it. I thought you were talking about his brother in the movie. I thought you were talking about uh, Jonah Hill's brother in 21 Jump Street. Oh, yeah, they're not really brothers, though, in that movie. No, but they, they're pretending to be brothers. Yeah. Close brothers. That would be super shitty to be Channing Tatum's brother. You get the, like, short end of the stick. And that's not, like, a dig on Jonah Hill. That's just, like, everyone on the face of the earth is, <laughs> like... Just hit with the ugly stick next to Channing Tatum. It's not fair. Or maybe it's like the the Hemsworth family, and they're just all ridiculous. They're all Zoolander esque. <laughs> no, but Jonah Hill isn't. No, but I mean, never mind. Like is, <laughs> for real? Like, does he have brothers? I don't know. We got way off topic. I know. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. This has nothing to do with anything. I don't even know how. So okay, so you said that. <laughs> Who else is in the movie that's going to be? Frank Cranston is a parent. I know. I think, um, don't quote me on this, but I think Sharon Stone is involved as, as like, I probably, um... Did she play Lisa? Probably Mark's agent, like, in real life, that is a character, like, in the book, so I, I think that might be. But, uh, it's not... I don't know if it, it was going to filming last time I checked, and Brian Cranston had just signed on for some role. Yeah, I've been reading that he... Franco's been trying to get the movie made for a while. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like been in kind of development hell for oh, okay. for now, but maybe he maybe he's the the idea has got some traction now. Maybe he's got. I mean, if he's got people like Brian Cranston on board, yes, it's got to be moving. He's a name like Brian Cranston is going to attract other people. To the, oh yeah. To oh, Peta's going to be in this too. Oh really? Oh no. Okay. Yeah, Josh Hutcherson. Oh yeah. Who's he going to be? I can't find the Citizen Kane of bad movies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I made a note here that Mark is the dumbest man who's ever lived. It takes him so long to figure out what Lisa's up to. Yeah, he's, he's not good at reading signs. No. She's like, she as soon as he comes in, he sits down, she's rubbing his back, she gets him a drink, rubs his hand, he's rubbing his face, putting her hands in his hair. He's like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> the dress? The drink? I don't know. Just the most oblivious man ever. Oh, then, Josh Hutcherson's going to be Denny. Oh no shit, that's awesome. <laughs> I can see that. This is amazing. Yeah. It's a good cast. Uh, I, I didn't understand why, why, of all places, Lisa chose to have sex with Mark on the stairs. On or a spiral in the staircase. Every time. 
And yeah. every time he's confused, like, he's, he it's doesn't like, understand that she's trying to sleep with him. Like, it's, it's like he's forgotten the last time she yeah. slept with him. <laughs> yeah. Because it happens, what, three, four times? At least that. Because they, they make out of the party, but they don't have sex. Right. What is with this cast? Is there a clever plot to get people to go outside and not lock doors? Yeah. Hey, everyone, let's go outside and get some air. And everyone just goes outside with their glasses of champagne. They're not coming back. They're outside. <laughs> Yeah, forever and ever. No one ever comes back when they get fresh air. The blonde one from Fringe is going to play Elisa. Anna Torv. Ari Grainer. Ari Grainer. The star of Fringe? I don't think so. Because Anna Torv was the star. No, that chick. The chick Hmm. from Fringe. Who did you say? Anna Torv. That's not the girl from Fringe. No. What? Yes, it is. Who's the other chick then? I don't know. How many people are on Fringe? Maybe they're related. <laughs> Kate Upton's gonna be in it. This is. I want to see this. When can we have this? No dates listed. No, I want to see the movie based on it because it's ridiculous. Filming ended this year. Oh, perfect. Principal photography is done. Wicked. When do we get you? I thought it was supposed to come out this year. I could be wrong. Maybe this. This has the potential to stay in theaters longer than the actual movie did. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Yeah. It had, what, a five-week run or something? Five-week limited run? I'm not really sure. So you, do you have the backstory on that? No. Because really. I believe he paid to keep it in theaters, but even when no one came to see it. And then two students just kind of, like, stumbled upon it and thought it was the funniest thing, so they started, like, bringing people to come and see it. Yeah, I read that, that yeah. part. But they, that they'd only brought people for the last couple of days or something? Yeah. And he kept a billboard... For, for five like goddamn years. years. And there's a hotline, too, that you could call him. I believe it was his actual voicemail. What? To ask him questions, I guess? It was something to do with booking it, or... Because uh, I, know, I know he does screenings, and he, he attends all the screenings. Yeah, okay, I think that was what it was for. So, like, you call him up and ask for a screening, and he comes in and does a screening in your town, I guess? That's basically it. I know other actors from it have, like, kind of made careers just doing these kinds of screenings and, you know, conventions and stuff like that. We should see if they can, if they'll come to Sudbury. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We, we need to find that number for that hotline and hook it up. There's no release date on this sucker. Probably still, well, can't imagine there's, there would be too long a post-production on it. I mean, it's... Yeah. The, there wouldn't be many visual effects. The one visual effect they were going to do in the movie, they didn't do, and it changed, changed a huge plot point, apparently. The idea that Tommy was going to be a vampire, that Johnny was going to be a vampire, which I I don't even understand how that would work in the movie. Why that would, why that would be in the movie? I wish it was an alternate cut. I do. I want to. I want to know how it would end with the vampire stuff because shooting himself wouldn't work. I don't think. No, he could stake himself. Which would be a, a goddamn hilarious. Scene. Yeah, it would. It would be very hard to like aim. I used to have to like throw yourself into it. Like the end of uh, like end of days or something. Yeah. Throw yourself, like, make a big long stake and jump onto it. <laughs> he could have. He had a he had a canopy bed, right? He could have used one of those posts to, to fashion a stake. Definitely. There's a lot of wood in that, in that room. Just candles. The <laughs> candles? Attack people with candles. <laughs> the same candle in everybody's bedroom? Yeah, never any candles. This is awesome. I'm so excited for this. See, you wouldn't have never known about that movie if we hadn't watched this one. Yeah, I had to sit through that to enjoy this new thing. Yeah. So maybe there is a, a plus side. <laughs> jo- the whole world's against Johnny. He's the, the greatest guy ever, but the whole world's against him. Yeah. Nothing goes right for Johnny. Everyone hates him. Especially his girlfriend. Yeah. And the people at his work who pass him over for promotions. When he was promised he was getting that promotion, they fucking lied to him. He used his ideas. Yeah. Steal his ideas. Don't give him a promotion. Bunch of bitches. Won't cash his out of checks. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, the story of how he met Lisa is the least interesting story I've ever heard. It was pretty remarkably uninteresting for a story <laughs> that was promised to be a great story. Yeah. <laughs> how did you two meet anyway? Oh, that's a very interesting story. Uh, I saw her in a park and I said hi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's basically the story. Yeah. Then, oh, so what's the interesting part? Uh, she paid for dinner. Yeah, I was at the YMCA and I had a cat a check I couldn't cash. <laughs> Why not? Well, it was from an out of state bank. 
not really a detail we need to know. <laughs> I like the way he's like, what part of the story is interesting? Yeah, yeah. Like, he called him out. That yeah. was good, at least. It's like he wrote things into his script where he's questioning his own his own writing. Yeah. Because, like, even like when we were watching, the, the Lisa's mother is pointing out things that don't make sense. Why are people always walking in here? Yeah. How many people do you have coming in and out of, out of here all the time? <laughs> like, there's this whole scene of just two people we haven't been introduced to having sex in Johnny's apartment. It's really weird how people just use their apartment for sex. Yeah, and they're, yeah. they seem like they're adults, so they probably have their own place. And then tell him about it. Relating the funny story of how the mother found uh, Mike's underwear <laughs> in a book. You know what's worse, though, is that friends coming in to use the apartment for sex isn't the creepiest thing. What's creepier is that dude that comes in and wants to, like, pillow fight with them when they're oh, trying to go upstairs. Oh, yeah, oh, Danny. Fez. Denny. Fez. Yeah. Well, I mean Denny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because really... Oh, I'm just going to follow you guys up here. Oh, wait, you want to be alone? I never figured that out. Because we've been watching a lot of that 70s show lately, and... Dylan has been. Yeah. And Fez is super creepy, but he's got that, you know, I'm, like, innocent, foreign vibe. He's he's not as creepy as Denny somehow. Yeah. Because Denny has, like, looks where he looks like a serial killer. Yeah, that's true. Well, and... He's too tiny. He looks like Bud a little bit, actually, from Married with Children. Yeah. Yeah. Serial killer tendencies. But you're comparing the characters from this film, and I say film very loosely... To a show with actual good characterization. And you can't do that. Yeah, that's true. You know, like, Fez is an interesting character. You care about him and you want to see what happens to him. And Denny's just creepy and underdeveloped. And he's just this weird in orphan kid who lives in an apartment by himself that dude pays for that for Tommy some reason. For. Yeah, that's good. He tried to adopt him but didn't, couldn't for some reason. Yeah, and he's like in love with his fiance but doesn't care. Yeah, and then, well... He said when he turned 18, that's when jo- Tommy Johnny started paying for his apartment. Yeah. But before that, where was he living? Yeah, how did they meet? Because he wasn't adopted. Yeah, that, yeah, how did they meet? Why is he taking care of this strange kid? Like, what what connection does he really have, Denny, over any other kid in the world? How old is he supposed to be? Some Something after 18, it's not really clear. He yeah, acts like he's 12 or something. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. that too. He acts, he does not act like an 18 plus year old. Well, an 18 year old I would know like, that they want you guys. when they go upstairs. Oh, Denny. Yeah. Yeah, it's like. You're beautiful, I love you. Ha ha ha. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and then he confesses that he loves Lisa yeah. to. Which just seems so meta in this weird way where, like, the whole plot is about how, you know, everybody's out to get uh, Johnny's girlfriend. But uh, then the one guy who, like, confesses straight out, he's totally cool with. Yeah. It's all about love. Yeah, and he, like, when when he's like, oh, maybe I'll marry her after I graduate, Johnny's like, haha, yeah, that's the plan. Like, he's totally cool with him yeah. marrying Lisa after he's done school. Who's this Elizabeth person they were talking about, though? I don't know. I don't remember. Because they talk about him being with Elizabeth? Who's that? I don't remember a Lisa person. Or, uh, Elizabeth. So they so mentioned you have to remember Lisa. Yeah. She's there the whole time. Yeah, the main character is not in the movie for most of the movie. <laughs> no. It had something to do with, um... Was it Denny, or was it the girl that, um... Mark was talking about earlier? No, it was Denny, right? Yeah, they, Johnny was trying to say he should hook up with Elizabeth, but yeah. I don't remember an Elizabeth in the movie. Yeah, no, no idea who that is. She just doesn't come to their apartment to share. Unless, maybe, that least that's Lisa's mother's name. Oh, <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> That would, be, that, that would make the movie great, actually. <laughs> then he's a provider, he's a good guy. He's, he's Except he can't even pay his drug bills. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, true. that's true. A dude with a gun comes over. Yeah, Although that's I, my theory down. Like, what kind of money? <laughs> what kind of money is it? <laughs> what kind of drugs? What were you doing with them? Like that, does that, that plot doesn't go anywhere or come from anywhere. The drug thing, is it's only an excuse to give... Tommy the gun that, or Johnny the gun that he uses to kill himself with at the end. Yeah. And oh, is that what that's that? about? There's no other reason for that. Oh! I just thought he just had a gun. Something was pre-planned? Well, I'm I, shocked. He must have got to the end and realized, oh wait, I don't have a gun. But I mean, there's like the conversation where he, she's asking if she should order a pizza. That he, she already ordered a pizza? Yeah. She doesn't remember things, she just did. No, but then, you know, he's impressed because she... Because she knew to order a pizza? Yeah. 
Even though she doesn't love him or like him? And he's and also so impressed that he invited that she invited his friends to a party. For think him. of everything. Yeah. yeah. He, I love wait, you. Thanks for inviting my friends to my birthday party. You're the best. <laughs> All eight friends that he has. He really doesn't ask for much. No. He's a really good guy. <laughs> well, that's, that's what the script is about, right? That's what they're telling us. Exactly. That Johnny is the greatest guy oh. in the world and everyone else is just an asshole. He's so creepy. Yeah. I like his, the nervous laugh is like, I mean, just so obviously one of the most distinctive things about Especially during those awesome 90s sex scenes. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, laughing in the middle of of a sex scene. That was weird. But the very, like, I mean, I say best in quotations, but when Mark is talking about the the story about the guy who, like, the girl who's playing, like, 12 guys and then one found out and, like, beat her senseless, and then he's just laughing about it. Yeah. What are you doing? Why would you not edit that out of your movie? Inappropriate laughter is inappropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, this is not funny. How are you presenting this character? Did he edit the film too? That's a good question. Because I, I mean, whoever's editing this only had crap to work with. I think he must have just looked at everything and said that it was gold because there's so so much that should have been cut. Well, yeah, and there's a lot that was cut, but I mean, yeah. not enough. Yeah, there's scenes that exist in this for no reason at all. The, this coffee house scene strikes me as like I mean it's just so baffling where there's literally four people placing an order of their coffee which we don't need to see and well, then they sit need, down we don't need four extras speaking <laughs> then they have a conversation about the client that he brings in and that so you know who is this client well it's confidential well, of course it is why do we need to talk about this everybody knows that but that's just so that uh, Mark can say he's he has a girlfriend, but it's confidential. Yes. <laughs> and he thought that was the height of cleverness, so that's why he kept it in the movie, I'm sure. And then they just left. Yeah. A two-second meeting between friends. That has nothing to do with anything in the whole movie. Yeah. It's kind of like the the flower shop scene. That doesn't really have anything to do with anything. The football in the alley doesn't have anything to do with anything. Any of the football scenes don't so really... So much football. <laughs> There's a lot of football. So but American. hey, football's fun. And American. That's what Tommy says, right? Yes. That's his reason for having football. That's right. That's what he did, yeah. <laughs> Anyone should try it. No, oh he's God. literally said that. Just toss football around when you're a bunch of dudes. Oh, yeah. he has Twitter. Tommy? Oh, no, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to follow that. This is exciting. He might not like hearing what we have to say about his movie. I. He must have heard. I mean, he's read the book that was written about how awful he is. Well, not. it's not... I'm, a little harsh when I say that, but um, like it is somewhat sympathetic towards Tommy. But uh, I think after reading that, well, because the guy who wrote it is is a friend. Yeah, exactly. Even though the movie is about him betraying Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know if this is like legit. Oh, the the account. <laughs> Open your nose to the world and sense everything around you. You may be surprised what could be smelled. Okay, that's uh, yeah, that's probably somebody pretending to be. Yeah. That does sound like something he would write, though. It does. You like make-believe? How about believing making yourself into what you make-believe self is? <laughs> <laughs> I want to just follow this because it's awesome. It I sounds want like that, a Zoolander quote. I want that like on an inspirational plaque in my kitchen. <laughs> I'm going to make that for you. Yeah, thank you. It's going to happen. When you make that, I am putting it on on the Facebook group so everyone can see, your, see it. the awesomeness. Okay, so why why did Lisa get Tommy or Johnny drunk? Because she she says he got drunk, and then she goes around telling everybody that he hit her while he was drunk, but he didn't. And okay, maybe she was. I, she should just lied in the first place. Just made the story yeah, up. Yeah, just lied about him being drunk. drunk in the first place. But I'm like, like you had suggested, maybe she was doing it to try to coax him into to hitting her. Yeah. But then. When we watch the scene, it's just she's, off. she's like trying to get him to have sex with yeah. her. She's not doing anything that would antagonize him. Doesn't make a lot of sense. I the one thing I think is that maybe she's trying to get him to pass out so that she so he doesn't could, remember. Yeah, so that he doesn't know what he did, and so maybe that's the thought of why he's muttering to himself on the rooftop about how he didn't do it. I did not. Yeah, he just is. He doesn't believe that he did it. Exactly. People say love is blind, so maybe we should all close our eyes and be blind sometimes to see the love behind your eyes. We could do a whole podcast. It's just his Twitter quotes. 
My key only unlocks my door to success. Open your own door by getting your key. <laughs> Who has the master key? <laughs> the master if I had key, me. I would not share. You have to make your own key because keys make things open. Open it yourself. Let's <laughs> 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 thing ever. In a weird way, this kind of reminded me of Lost Skeleton. Yeah. The pure absurdity of it. Sure. Yeah, but, but I they don't know think their in- show is ridiculous. Well, yeah, exactly. I, I don't I don't think that it's intentional with this movie, whereas it is with, like, Dark and Stormy Night and Lost Skeleton. I, There's no more parodies. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think this is intelligently written enough for the jokes, for the nonsense to land as a joke. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it doesn't seem intentional. I am totally fascinated by like bad movies that end up being watchable and funny. It, it, it does like it's almost like it requires a kind of negative genius to to make it just not mediocre. Yeah, I, I mean I'm entertained by watching a movie like this. Yeah, I was I was engrossed the entire yeah. time we were watching it. I had no idea what I was watching. So good for him. For I that. still don't know what I was watching, but it, I sat through the whole thing, I paid attention. Yeah, as long as you're delusional and don't listen to any critical advice and just kind of follow your dream, then you might have something. That's kind of a nice message, I guess. Yeah. Also, you need $6 million. Yeah, if you just have $6 million laying around, you can also make a movie like this. I'm trying to find out if that's legit Twitter or not. I can't imagine he's known enough to be verified, have a verified account. Mm, Probably not. I don't. I'm, I don't know if he would know how to work Twitter. Like we were talking about the the camera thing, and what I had read is that he didn't know the difference between digital and film, and that's why he filmed with both cameras. But you had suggested that maybe that it's because no one had done it before. I kind of. I don't know which is true. But that it was ambition that he wanted to show up Hollywood somehow. But either sounds plausible to me. Yeah. After after watching the movie, the idea that he just didn't know. Makes sense to me because it doesn't seem like he knows how to make a film. There's evidence of that. <laughs> <laughs> unless, unless the whole thing is on on purpose, in which case he's like a mastermind. Okay, that's not his Twitter. But there is one. But there is one. The Room movie, and you can buy um, his underpants. You can buy underpants like an underpants, underpants line that he has. Whoa. Yeah. Does it make you? Our, it has his name on the band. I'm gonna buy both of you guys. Will it make hands. our asses oh, look yeah. as nice as Tommy's? I don't know. That would be tough. Because I mean, that's the only reason to watch this movie is that shot, right? So of him walking away. <laughs> oh, you can get a Love Is Blind backpack <laughs> and a hat that just says the room on it over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if the sex scenes would seem as uncomfortable if it was if it seemed like there was mutual. Enjoyment going on, but it just sounds like the the guys are the only ones enjoying it. Yeah, there's a lot of creepy. There's guys. a lot of uh, from yeah. dudes, but there's no there's no female sounds of pleasure. Oh my god, you can buy a T-shirt that has all the best like quotes from this, like chi 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 chi. Oh, it's chicken dance. That's right. Yeah, which is his actual taunt in the actual fight scene at the end of the movie. Which is <laughs> your stupid comments in your pocket. <laughs> That was a good one. Yeah. That was a really good line. Like, one of those nonsense lines. That There's an awesome chapter in the book about that that line specifically where he talks about, like, how all of it... Like, they spent a whole day filming that line again and you just couldn't, like, nail the dialogue because it's so stupid and it just, by the end, just his disgust and, like, hatred of, of Tommy at that moment just kind of fueled that that, uh, that delivery. Well, that's like the, uh, the villain, the drug dealer guy. Chris R. Chris R. Yeah, I can't. I could. I know it's something R, but I can never remember the beginning. Toughest gangster name ever. Yeah, like he, his anger in that scene is apparently genuine because Tommy was an asshole and annoyed him constantly. I, I find it funny that like he gets so upset about. Yeah, where's my money? It's coming. Okay, so maybe take a step back and just wait for the money to come. Yeah, and how are you ever going to get your money if you kill the kid? Exactly. <laughs> that's not what. It's not a good that's not decision. What drug dealers and. If, if you don't... They might kill you after they get your money, but they're not going to kill you before. They're never going to get their money that way. Yeah. Oh, my God. We need to go to Philadelphia. Why is that? Because there's a 13th anniversary celebration of this movie, and he's doing a Q&A. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, he does Q&As at all his screenings, too. Really? Yeah. Oh, we exactly. need to go. I would go. That's what I was saying. There's apparently a hotline Rev, or uh, Chris was talking about. I almost used your nickname. This is brutal. Like, why? 
<laughs> There's like a hotline you can call to book uh, a screening. Well, let's get them here. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, these are horrible underpants. You guys need to get a pair of these. Are we going to frame them and put them up on the, the yes. wall there? So well, we'll have a new wall soon. Yeah. We're going to be in a whole new place. We're uh, moving again. You could decorate an entire wall with underpants. Oh, my. So <laughs> underpants Just put it out there. That sounds like it might have to happen. Just saying. So were you guys surprised by the direction the end took? Well, you uh, called it. Yeah. <laughs> I did, but I was I joking. I, wasn't, yeah. I didn't think he was actually going to kill himself. And then people were just going to stand around talking about how what a great guy he was. I yeah. thought something was going to happen with the roof because they kept almost having people thrown off the roof and then it, that never panned out. Total fake out. Yeah. yeah. Apparently they had access to a real roof yes. during the entire movie, but they decided to use a... That's right, you build a set, that's right. They built a set and yeah. used really terrible green screen and the roof is small for the size of the build. Like, the size of the building that Tom... That, uh, well, yeah, that building in, is huge. It's like townhouses. There's like maybe 15 square feet on that roof. Yeah. But Tom, like Johnny's apartment is much larger than that. I don't, I don't know how that roof is that size. Unless because like, reasons. None unless there's like any. weird architecture going on below Sense. the top floor. <laughs> like sl- slanted roofs. Weird like on different floors or something. I don't know. It's like that Lovecraftian thing about uh, non-Euclidean geometry. Yeah. It just yeah. exists in an alternate world. <laughs> it exists there. in its own dimension. That makes sense. Yeah. That works actually. That works better. Just like the room. What is the room? <laughs> it's a horror dimension. <laughs> it's it's Johnny's hell. That's plausible. It's yeah. Johnny, Johnny is in hell. That's the movie. And the the reason he's so crazy in the movie is because it's not the, his first time through. Yeah. And if only That's he realized what he had actually done. He was not actually a good guy, but he just can't make that breakthrough. Yeah. He could move on. He can't. He can't accept that he's not a good guy. Sounds like time for a remake. Yeah. Yeah. Reboot the series. Uh, I'm not sure if. I may have just heard wrong, but it sounded like Denny yelled out Tommy at the end. He definitely did. Twice. Yes. <laughs> Which I have done throughout this this podcast, so yeah. I, can, I can understand it. I don't know why he named his character so similarly to his real name. I'm sure there's psychological reasons. Well, I mean, we like we discussed, it is basically... Should we do- talk about the, the story behind this? Like you were telling me earlier about how uh, Greg... What's his last name? Sistero. Was like a roommate, friends with Tommy and, and roommates, and then there's like a falling out. Right. So, yeah, this is all um, detailed like really well in the, in the book The Disaster Artist, which I, I definitely recommend reading after you watch this because it's, it's really special. But um, they met in an acting class, and um, Greg saw, basically everybody hated Tommy, but he didn't really know why, and, and um, he started, he first saw him do the scene Streetcar Named Desire, just kind of shouting out Stella ridiculously and not really getting the correct emotional tone of the scene. Uh, and um, he just kind of, like, when everybody else made fun of him, Greg just thought, wow, this guy is so uninhibited. Like, wouldn't it be amazing to be like this guy? So he just wanted to see what made him tick and struck up a friendship. And, you know, they started hanging out together and working on scenes. And eventually they started, um, Greg became, well, Tommy apparently let Greg stay in this apartment that he had um, and uh, didn't use, so he was basically paying his rent there, or a portion of it anyway. Um, I think he was paying a token fee, a token rent. But uh, anyway, so yeah, then, but eventually, like, as Greg started to get call-ins and and acting job gigs and and, um, auditions, Tommy became resentful and bitter and just kind of started uh, taking back, like, the whatever he's given him and, and just like kind of cutting back on the favors or, yeah uh, adding to his rent and things like that so um it got very awkward and then eventually he just started writing this script about how his best friend betrayed him and it's very very clear that the room is about their exact relationship which is why he was so insistent on getting Greg to play that part which yeah I I wouldn't have put it together, but while watching the movie, it seems pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't know that backstory either, and, like, you don't, you don't realize how important this character is supposed to be to him, but, yeah, it's very, very close to the reality. Yeah, it's... But also a 16-year-old, like, kind of, like, mopey, suicidal, like, kid. Yeah, like, uh, very... He's gonna miss the regret. It's like an angsty revenge 
fan like fantasy friend fiction. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, with a little bit of a homoerotic element to it. A little erotic bit erotic friend a lot fiction. Of it. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of that. I would say <laughs> there's a, like Tommy uh, very much likes his his body. Yes, <laughs> and apparently Marks. It's an appreciation of the male form. Let's say. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot more male nudity than there is female nudity. In yes, this, which in a way is kind of refreshing that it's reversing it's like reversing what we're used to seeing but it's also weird and off-putting yeah well it's because the whole movie is uncomfortable yeah yeah exactly it's not it's not like a progressive thing of challenging the way we we see people being filmed it's like just like a weird and uncomfortable personal private fantasy that you're just intruding on yeah Yeah. from the from the first (laughs) like lines of dialogue it's it's just uncomfortable yes like you, you don't want to be here, and you don't feel like the actors want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to be in the room. Yeah, and about the title, which because it doesn't really make sense. Apparently, he gave it that title. He says that he gave it this title to give it a a, a comforting feeling, which I don't what? understand how yeah. the room is comforting. <laughs> no, which kind of oh. it kind of speaks to the movie because it's like he doesn't understand what makes people comfortable. Because the entire movie's uncomfortable, the room as a word is kind of uncomfortable. It's like, it's like he he's not human and doesn't understand what makes humans comfortable. That's a good point. That's a good reading. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's like the opposite of what this freaking movie does. Yeah, yeah. There's, I can't think of a single comforting character or scene in the entire movie. It's mostly just alien and off-putting. Yeah, uh, I mean, I enjoyed it, but I'm not sure why. Yes. <laughs> Because we watched it together. That's, yeah. 100% okay, yeah. because we watched it. That's like what all bad movies are like. Yeah, if I sat here alone and watched it, I wouldn't I wouldn't have appreciated it as much. No, I, yeah, you're right. I would be angry. Yeah. <laughs> like, why did I watch this? Why did I subject myself to this? But when you're, it's you, it's like the... Uh, it's mystery, fun. It's the mystery science theater effect. Yeah. You're doing your own commentary track as you're watching it. There's also something, I mean, because you see so many movies that are well put together and have plots and... Uh, you know, beginnings and middles and ends. A story that functions as a story. (laughs) Exactly, and so it's kind of refreshing in a weird way to see something that just fails on all accounts. Yeah, because It kind of shows you... On every level, it kind of falls apart. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a train wreck of a movie in every every conceivable way. Just probably, like, the good middle 40 minutes that have no bearing on anything and are just taking up time. Yeah, there's just scenes that don't have anything to do with the movie. Guys in there's no throwing footballs. Even the party scene, there's just, like, there's people talking and you can hear them talking. There's very little background music. So it's, it's a weird party scene. Because normally you'll, like, see people interacting and stuff, but the music will drown out whatever they're saying. But you can still half hear what they're saying. And this scene. one scene that starts and, and um, Lisa says, Oh, you told that story three times, which yeah. kind of supports your hell theory. Yeah, yeah, like, they're all just repeating the same crap over. Yeah, this, maybe this theory will get legs, who knows. Is that so? Johnny's in hell. Maybe they're all in hell, That's, and they're all just recite, re- repeating the same series of events. And we are, too. It's kind of beautiful. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> I'm going to go with not beautiful. Sarah refuses to see any beauty in this film. It's just so bad. Just got to open your heart. Do I have to play the power of love, Sarah? No, please don't relate that to this movie. No, it doesn't work for this movie because the love is what kills Johnny, sort of. Sort of. Unrequited love. Yeah. She just, like, at first you're kind of like, okay, I can see why maybe she would want out of this because he's he is boring as hell, like she says. Yeah. But then she just goes nuts. Like, I'm going to make up a lie about a baby just because. That was great. Like, what? <laughs> That's like, one of my favorite parts. <laughs> It's like we're expecting what her entire motivation her entire motivation in the movie seems to be to justify leaving Johnny to everyone else. She's already made up her mind that she wants to leave him. Except that she hasn't. She just doesn't want to she wants to cheat on him. Yeah, but she wants to take advantage of him. She wants to tell him or not because it would hurt him. Yeah. But then at the end she doesn't care. Yeah, except when she does when he's Yeah, until after he's dead he's and then she cares dead. again. It's her character is really weird cuz it goes back and forth. Sometimes she'll be talking shit about him, and then she'll 
like a sentence later, she'll be defending him. She basically just needs meds. Yeah. And she's always so like she's Danny's biggest supporter and just right in there with the with the love for Danny. And Which is right from that to her being callous and like just kind of childish about her relationship. Which but is only feeding his weird Oedipus complex because yeah. he sees Johnny as his, as his father and oh, yeah, Lisa would be his mom then. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it extra creepy. Very Freudian, yeah. But then at the end of the movie, when Tommy kills himself, then he's like, "Everybody, leave me alone with the dead body." <laughs> yeah, I need to be alone with the body for reasons. Don't ask questions. Don't come with me. And then it sounds like the paramedics come in. They're like, "Is everything okay?" You hear in the background, "Is everything okay?" No. There's a dead guy. There's a. Dead I think there was a quote in the book to the effect that the uh, the director, the, like the real director, said that he's never ever like in his all of his years working in Hollywood has seen a character like Danny before. I mean. It'd be surprising because yeah, I've watched a lot of movies and there's never been a character like that. It's just you d- I don't know how to take him. He's so creepy and like, but not like obviously he's supposed to be full of boyish innocence. Yeah, he's yeah. The the, char- the actor just doesn't get that across. It's because they needed him to be 18 so that he could live there in that apartment. But clearly, like you said, he's like a 12 year old character. The character is 12. Yeah. But he just can't be, or it doesn't make any sense. And there's nothing you could do if you're cast as that character. I don't know who could make who could sell that. Peta, Tobey Maguire. <laughs> well, Fez. It's gonna be Peta. Uh, sorry, Toby, if you're listening. Just get Fez. Hire Fez. That could, yes. Because like he does, he does that character. That Denny is like a, a less fleshed out version of Fez. Yeah. We don't really see him. We just see the creepy stuff. Which, if we only saw the creepy stuff from Fez, we didn't see all the, the sweet stuff. That's true. We would we would find him incredibly creepy. Like we just watched one where he was getting, he was trying to get Jackie to give him a, a hand job by like dumping popcorn out of his his bucket at the movie theater, and then he leans over and kisses her while Kelso is asleep next to them. So that's creepy. It's like if you only see that, it's super creepy. Yeah. If you don't see the innocent like uh, apology later, it's still creepy. I would say it's still creepy. Yeah, but it, I mean, Fez is kind of... Uh, it's a little different. Yeah. Just because the... He's adorable. Yeah, and, and the, the character is sweet. Yes. But you don't get that from Denny. You just get a weird obsession vibe from him. Yeah. Weird movie. Yeah, and we talked about how Tommy had wanted to make him his character a vampire, right? Yes. Yeah. I, I don't understand what that would add, or how they would end the movie with that. I'm, I'm really interested to He's see... He's like, I don't need you anyway! Whoa, I'm a vampire! And then he flies <laughs> off. Because a bat. Yeah. Yeah. He'd have to be a bat. Look at the hair. It just makes sense. The hair equals bat? Yeah. In a car. He's going to yeah. fly off as a bat in a car? Well, in the... What car? He doesn't have a car the whole movie. But when he was a vampire, the, like, what, the, the way they revealed it, that he was a vampire, was he, was, he got in a car and it flew off. As vampires oh. always do. Yeah, because apparently vampires can make cars fly. That old cliche about vampires. Yeah. But they couldn't find a... I definitely know that one. He couldn't find a way to practically do it with within the budget, within the $6 million. The $6 million dollar budget. To make his car fly, so he's just like, okay, we'll take that out. And I don't know how that affected the script. I want to see that draft of the script. I want to read how that worked. Or didn't work, more likely. It's a tragedy. Gone. Yeah, I, I I should tweet at the movie account and be like, can I can I see a version of that script? Is there a commentary on this thing? N- not on ours. I think Rift Tracks does a Rift. Tra- nice. On. Yeah. Although I don't know, I don't know how you could improve on what's already there. I mean, like you can do your own Rift Tracks at home. Yeah. This movie is made for that. If, if that's what he made this movie for, he's genius. Well, no one's gonna watch it by themselves. No. Or if they do, there's something wrong with them. They're probably going to go insane at some point. Or already insane. This is their catcher in the rye. <laughs> <laughs> this is no one's catcher in the rye. Well, this is Tommy's streetcar. Yeah, I guess so. To him. Well, guess this, what? This was his attempt to make a... Uh, you said this. that's what he views it as? That's right. Is a modern day... Well, I mean, just... I think you want Not to a retelling, but that... Like uh, something serious and... and critical about the human condition 
but mm, there's no human characters in the movie. <laughs> there's no characters that act like humans, I should say. They all, they're all played by humans. They're all, I would hope so. But they don't come across as people with human emotions and yeah. drives and anything re- resembling human emotion. But if they're in hell, that, that I guess, kind of works. I'm, that's how I'm justifying the movie, okay? Oh my god. <laughs> You know, it's kind of amazing. I, I just realized I've seen this movie more times than I've seen like um, any profound movie, like No Country for Old Men, or uh, my favorite movies. I've probably seen less than this. Any so that has something special. actual to say? Yeah. Yeah, I've only seen this once, but I can see myself uh, watching it with other people. Yeah. Exposing other people to it because it's an experience. It really is. It's it's a movie everyone should watch, but no one should watch alone. That's my opinion. Well, maybe not everyone. There's some people that will abjectly hate this. And definitely watch it before listening to this podcast. Yes. Uh, well, I mean... Because this is not going to make any sense. Well, it makes as much sense as the movie does. Or any of the other podcasts we do. Yeah. Really, you should just watch everything before we talk about it. Yes. Do what we do and watch the movies before you do the podcast. I can't believe we talked for an hour about this. I know. I didn't think it was going to be possible. We thought this was going to be a mini episode. I was thinking maybe half hour. It was that awesomely bad. Yeah, there was a lot to talk about. And we were on topic for almost the whole thing, which is really unusual. We have a Channing Tatum side conversation, but yeah, that went nowhere. Yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, my last note is is that Denny fucked up when he yelled Tommy instead of Johnny at the end. Do we have anything else to say? Think that about exhausted for me. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm about done. It's a great film. A true Citizen Kane of bad movies. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. After seeing the cinema sins about this, I didn't. I didn't think that it was accurate. But after seeing the movie, it is a hundred percent accurate. This is the epitome of bad movies. They pretty much said everything we said. Yeah. While we were watching it. Yeah, yeah. It's the horror show that you have to you have to see. Turn me apart, Lisa. So much dialogue that doesn't make any sense. At least some of them delivered them like they understood what they were saying. Guess you were right. The computer business is too competitive. <laughs> yeah. Way too competitive. Yeah, I did. that was the only line that alluded to her having any kind of career. Although she's so skills. bitter, That's why she has to entertain herself with all of her schemes and By manufacturing pregnancies. drama. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because you know all all of the computer businesses they're very competitive. It's true. I watched Silicon Valley, and, and that rings true. You can you can relate. I can understand. I don't relate to that world at all, but I can understand. So uh, we'll wrap this up right now, I guess. So uh, go watch this movie. With your friends. If you haven't already, which you should have. If you haven't, then this whole thing made no sense to you, and I don't know why you're still listening. You're a very loyal fan. Yeah. Just thanks. (laughs) More loyal to us than movies, apparently. Yeah. All right, peace out. Bye. Bye. This has been Welcome to Planet Bob. If you know any shows or movies you think we should discuss, find me on Twitter at King of Bob. That's at King underscore of underscore Bob. And Derek, you can find me at Lars M on Twitter, L A R Z M. And this is Sarah. I'm on Tumblr at Welcome to Planet Bob. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Welcome to Planet Bob. Thanks for listening to our show, and we hope you tune in next week.